Okay, it's just a pleasure to be able to uh, be with all you guys again. And uh, today's topic is using cover crops in a tillage system. And most of you who know me know that I am a 100% no-till farmer here on my farm in southeastern Pennsylvania. Uh, that being said, I also am uh, also helping farmers when they uh, are in a tillage situation to be able to use cover crops in that type of a system. So um, I was uh, I just want to go back here in time a little bit. And this is me in California in 1999. And as someone has said, you're looking good, Steve. And I'm like, yeah, I wish I could get back to that forum. But <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I guess you could say this was uh, an eye-opening experience for me to see the heart of the San Joaquin Valley. And I literally, uh, when I called him and talked to my wife, I said, I don't know what I'm doing here. I was supposed to talk about no-tillage and cover crops. And there was none to be seen. I mean, I had already driven 200 miles and had seen zero, none. So I felt a little intimidated, I must admit. But there, that's certainly uh, not just because of me, but because, because of others. And I have to mention Jeff Mitchell, uh, working with the uh, University of California, Davis, out there has been a tireless supporter of reduced tillage and, and no tillage even in California. So it was uh, very satisfying to get back there in 2006 and to see that they were starting to use cover crops in an area that was was a rather slower in, in a transition to using cover crops like some of the rest of the country, particularly the Corn Belt. But just to see that, and as we were, um, as we were spending time out there in the fields looking around, um, I want to point out, first of all, that the fellow there on the right is Monty Bottens, who is, is one of our members in our group. And this is where I first met him. I actually met him in 99 when I was there the first time. And uh, he farms both in California and Illinois. But uh, as we were out there talking to the farmers, talking to the, this particular farmer on the Sano Farms uh, about how are they using cover crops. And I asked the question, does cover crops pay if you have to pay for your water, which they do. They have to pay for all the water they put on there. And uh, they answered it this way. They got a shovel and dug into the ground. As you can see there, that was actually triticale that had been uh, sprayed off a couple weeks ahead. So you can see it was dying, dead already. And then they were pr planting processing tomatoes right into that, kind of like a strip-till type situation. So um, they, in answering my question, does it does it pay to uh, grow cover crops in light of the fact you actually literally pay for the water to grow them? They took a, a nice narrow shovel into the ground and came up out and showed me the moisture now that this cover crop was retaining. And there are other fields uh, that did not have a cover crop on it at this point was getting very dry. They don't get hardly any rain in this area. So... It was clearly that the cover crop was indeed keeping the moisture. But the real thing was the excitement when I mentioned, oh, I see an earthworm there, and you would have thought those guys hit the lottery. If you look closely at the bottom part of that, in, in a soil clod that uh, he is holding, you can see that earthworm there. Uh, they told me that was the first earthworm they saw in 30 years which I found hard to believe. But 
that was a kind of a, a moment of time, a moment of celebration, uh, where in an intensive tillage situation, by reducing their tillage trips, by using cover crops, they were able to see a difference in their soil. And I would maintain uh, that if I had a choice of choosing either cover crops or no tillage, I would choose the cover crop route because of the biological aspect that it brings. Now, granted, as I stated earlier, I'm a no-till farmer, and I believe no-till and cover crops is a win-win situation. But there are places where they do need to use raised beds and, and, and different things where incorporating cover crops into a their system is a huge step forward, and reducing just one or two tillage passes is a huge step forward. And uh, more recently here, actually in California, I'm just using this as an example, where some uh, the Morning Star Company is one of the largest tomato processing companies in the world, and uh, they are now using cover crops in their tomato system. And just 10 years ago or so, that was that was unheard of. It basically said it couldn't be done, but here we are, they're doing it. So um, this is just a prime example. And while we're in California, I want to mention, too, that strip-till is really taking hold out there as well. And uh, sometime I might want um, Monty to, to share a little bit as a guest presenter on conservation agriculture in California because that's really, I think, the heart of what this whole movement is right now and especially in the topic today of using cover crops in the context of some tillage. And so a lot of the dairy farmers out there, and believe me, there's a lot of dairy in California. You know, I, I didn't really think of California as being a dairy state, but it's like it's like one of the top states in dairy. Of course, it's a big area, but there's a lot of dairy. And uh, the whole strip tilling with cover crops, you can see this picture now here. Uh, they seem to really like triticale out there. Uh, so this is just an example of how, um, in the context of a tillage system, that it is being used in in areas of the country that typically have not been considered leading in the cover crop movement. Um, now let's go over across the pond to um, to Europe. Just a picture here of uh, very conventional corn, uh, full tillage corn, but in this case, uh, at at last cultivation. Uh, they were they were blowing on cover crop seeds. You can see the unit behind the tractor there, and so they were uh, just distributing the seeds behind that unit right there as a way to get cover crops into that system. A little bit closer to uh, home here, at least for me, in uh, New York State, I've been involved with uh, interceding uh, in the central New York state where there's there's still quite a bit of tillage being done, a lot of uh, either the ripping type tillage or chisel and disc and things like that. But the concept of interceding, of planting cover crops into corn at this stage here is really taken off in an area that typically does a lot of tillage. So we've uh, if you want to know more about uh, interceding, there's... there's uh, we have some webinars on that. You can go back and look at them. We go into this in much more detail. But I will tell you, in that part of the country and in the areas further north, 
uh, typically interceding has succeeded much better than in the South. So if you want to use the geographical United States as an example, below Interstate I-80, for the most part, interceding into corn has not been as successful, whereas north of I-80, it's been, I would say, very successful in some areas. So I'm not going to go into it a whole lot more, but those areas do tend to be some areas that have more tillage in some other parts of the country. So I wanted to throw this in there. Again, you can look at our videos or our webinars on interceding if you care to learn more about that. Okay, well, let's go down under uh, into Australia. I've been to Australia a couple times and uh, definitely saw lots of acres of no-till and cover crops. But the last time I went, I was primarily with large-scale vegetable growers. And there was, I, was, I was very impressed with how far along these vegetable growers were in the use of cover crops. And I think even though you may be a no-till farmer, you may be bent that way, there's things that we can learn. And I'll just say in the outset, one of the primary reasons that the vegetable growers were using cover crops was for soil health diseases and soil health disease suppression. I think we get more of that maybe than we really understand in a commodity crop perspective. Uh, I think that's why we see some of the successes that we have. Uh, we just tend not to observe them as much because disease and soil-borne disease and vegetables is a much bigger deal. It's much more impacting to the bottom line in a high-value crop. So you can see uh, right here some of the crops are working with carrots and potatoes and many others and using different types of cover crops for that uh, to be able to help with not only disease suppression but just overall soil quality. And uh, because some of the soil, obviously potatoes, require tillage. Uh, to, to dig, and so you want to use some sort of remediation to get them back into shape or, or to optimize the, those conditions. So maybe one of the more extreme examples that I saw was on this carrot farm. Here's, here's some fields getting ready to plant carrots, and you notice the color of the soil has that strong reddish tint to it. It's kind of a volcanic-type soil. And believe me, when you see something like that, from my experience, I would say that can't be good. Uh, because if I see red soil on my farm, that's my subsoil, an orangish-red color. But here, when you actually see the soil up close, you can see that it's very high quality, it's very deep, and this is where they grow their high-value crops from. Now, as you can imagine, looking at that field, this happens to be in Tasmania, which gets more moisture than uh, the main, line, main island of Australia, they do have problems with soil erosion. And as you can imagine, you get a rain event on a hill like that, what occurs? So one of the things, one of the innovative things they have done is develop on their raised better a, a planting seeding mechanism to be able to plant cover crops as they are making these beds and all they're doing is planting the cover crops, and they were they were working with annual ryegrass in this case. You can see the tubes are coming that are coming down from the unit. I'm going to show you a wider picture of the unit 
uh, later, but uh, our next slide. But the tubes come down there, and the seed is blown out, and, and it's blown out right in front of those tines that you see. Those tines are there designed to incorporate the seed. So the seed is blown out as the beds are being made so that each of the valley in the bed can get a cover crop to help, mainly with erosion. So that's just a kind of a novel way to address that problem. And uh, in this picture here, you can see a little bit better view of how that looks in this uh, situation here where that, uh, that air seeder is sitting on top of the rig here, and so they're putting their cover crops down between the beds. And they're actually using cover crops in between the rotation. In this case here was radishes, and I don't recall exactly what was going to be going into that field. Uh, here's another aspect here of carrots. And I know most of us probably uh, on this webinar aren't large-scale vegetable growers, but it's, it's, I think we're all intrigued, at least I was certainly intrigued, to see this in operation and to see how this worked in large-scale production. Uh, maybe one of the more significant things I saw or actually maybe experienced was the, uh, and this was actually on mainland Australia on the southwest uh, part, southeast part of Australia, where they were growing leeks. That's what these are in the picture. It's leeks, and they have clearly noticed a difference where they plant what they call rye corn uh, before the leeks. And I had to ask a couple times, "What is rye corn?" And it's basically cereal rye. It turned out to be, "Oh, that's cereal rye." They call it rye corn. And I know we have some Australian farmers in our group here. Uh, unfortunately, it's midnight there, so they're probably not watching right now. But that being said, this was they, they were clearly, clearly planting cereal rye before leeks because they saw less soil-borne diseases. So that was a, a, a motivation right there to be able to grow a cover crop in a somewhat very intensive tillage system otherwise. Um, so that's, uh, I'm going to unmute everybody now that if, if, you, if you would like to ask a question, uh, feel free to unmute yourself and, and just ask it. That I know that's the more of a vegetable thing. I'm going to shift over now to a little bit more in, um, in, in broad acre type crops. But does anyone have a question about anything that I shared so far? Okay, I'm just going to move on and uh, I guess just those of you who who know me well, I don't like to wait around very much. So if you do have a question, I should have mentioned to you, if you're at a computer, you can type it into the chat box, and I can be able, I can see that and respond to it that way. So uh, that's just another uh, thing that you can do. Okay, um, another thing that I, uh, I saw, and I'm going to stick in Australia here for a little bit, was the... Um, some of the other ways that they were using, uh, I'll call it kind of low disturbance uh, type tillage. This was a uh, father and son operation here that I was with, and it was kind of interesting, a little side story. Uh, I had We just kind of stopped in there. The people I was with just said, hey, let's see if this guy's home. He has some stuff I want to, that you'd be interested in. And we stopped in there with only like a half hour notice. He happened to be there. And we're there, we're talking, and he started asking about who I was and where I was from, and uh, found out he had visited my farm here in Pennsylvania. 
a couple years before. So that was kind of cool to be able to kind of get reacquainted there. We didn't even expect to see each other. But he developed this machine here. It's it's um, it's a renovator, and uh, basically they're doing some what I would call some low scale tillage to be able to renovate not just pastures but some maybe even some uh, longer no till uh, situations. And in his area with his soil type and so forth, they seemingly got some pretty good results out of that. So uh, that's a picture of the machine. I'm going to show you some uh, closer-up pictures here coming up soon. But if you if you um, can see the machine in action going out through the field, there's tines underneath there, and I do have a picture of that uh, coming up. But the top part there has cover crop seeds that's being blown down through those tubes and essentially being planted right behind this, uh, I'm going to call it like a tiller. So it's really only tilling, I think, about 15% of the width or something like that. And it's it's very very state-of-the-art. Uh, they have a nice seed metering device there that, that takes the mixes of seeds out that you can see. And if you get a chance to uh, look under the machine, like this picture shows, you, you can see what these tines do. So they're spinning down there like a rototiller, and they're not uh, very wide, so they're only, like I said, about 15% of the total width. And then they're planting cover crops. The idea behind this, and you got a picture coming up here of what it looks, uh, is to uh, use this as a way to not only just plant cover crops, but to uh, they, they're saying to help stimulate uh biology and so forth, to get that cover crop off to a very quick start. In these very dry conditions that they typically experience, that can be the difference sometimes. And sometimes, <clears throat> just the way this works, they'll actually get a pretty decent stand here on uh, the cover crops. And I had some close-up pictures of some other areas of the farm there where you can see this was soon after it was done. So it is a way to plant uh, cover crops, clearly not a straight no-till situation, but we dug out some things, and you could see the rapid root growth that they felt was really important to get a jump on things simply because of, uh, of the lack of moisture and so forth. So it was just kind of an, a very interesting, um, I guess you'd say, thing to observe for me, it was kind of a, a, a different approach, if you will, and I'm well aware that in some situations, in some soils, uh, a little bit of tillage may be indeed warranted. I think cover crops can help get to the point where possibly less tillage is needed. So in my experience in Australia, clearly these guys were 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 more than intrigued. They were, they were in the uh, the vegetable growers and, and others were, were really, really strongly getting involved in trying to figure out how to maximize uh, the use of cover crops. Now, coming back home, and at least for me, this was at one of our field days at our farm a couple years ago, and um, I'm not sure if that was the field day that Mark was at, and then Mark was at uh, one or two of our field days here. But this is just a picture of a vertical till machine. 
that is uh, set up with a cover crop applicator tool there you can see on the top. Essentially blows out the seeds in front and as the vertical till goes through there it churns up the soil and somewhat incorporates some of the seed. Now you're going to have to get a rain to be able to maximize the use of this because not all the seeds are getting down into the soil. So my feeling is if you happen to have a machine like this and you don't have a drill, it certainly would be a low-cost option to get some, some cover crop seeds in the ground with a very minimal amount of tillage. Uh, I like to say, too, coming from more of a no-till aspect, that my drill, in essence, does a little bit of slicing and dicing the residue that vertical tillage is known for with a little less disturbance. But um, this this certainly is an option. Um, so um, I just wondered, Mark, if you could, uh, could you tell us a little bit what you're doing? I know you were using a Phoenix rotary hower. I'm not sure what you're doing right now to incorporate cover crops. Uh, very, very light tillage, but you just tell us a little bit what we're, you're finding to be successful. We've um, moved on from the Phillips Herald, mm -hmm. and we are currently. Are you able to hear me? I am. Go ahead. You're loud. Okay. Um, anyhow, the the Phillips Herald wasn't a durable implement for us, mm -hmm. so we went on to a chain. Uh, Kelly chain disc that's made in Australia, yep. and it's a diamond harrow, and we like it better because it is very durable. Uh, we've ran it many years with no repairs. Wow. And um, Shane Kelly, the owner of that, brought an experimental unit up here last year that we like real well, except for it's too big for us. It's a 46-foot unit, and... Uh, it does minimal tillage, and it's got an auger in it that sends the seed out and blows it out to the uh, that experimental unit. How deep does the, the little disc, I've seen pictures of what you're talking about, how deep do they go into the soil? Uh, typically, it, it, there's like three different setups you can have on these machines. Mm -hmm. Um, and the most aggressive one may go an inch deep Okay. if you're a no-tiller. Now, if you work the ground, it may go two or three inches deep. Okay. But um, if you go with the less aggressive one, you're barely going a half inch or mm -hmm. three-eighths of an inch is all you do, especially in soybean stubble. Now, you get in the corn stalks, you're, you're, you're probably not doing much of any tillage. How much of the uh, – what percentage of – uh, maybe I should ask this question a different way. Are you increasing your seeding rates because you don't have a 100% seed-to-soil contact at all? You're pretty much using the same seeding rates with it that, that you would use with a drill. Uh, we're probably 25% uh, higher okay. with, um, than a drill. Mm -hmm. um, and, and the later we get, we increase it more. Sure. The drill, we don't really increase. Right. But uh, with... The products where you put it on top of the ground, we definitely increase the later it gets in the season. I see, Charles, you have your phone, or you have your uh, microphone on muted. Do you have a comment or a question, and, and anybody else for that matter? Are you there, Charles? Do you have anything to say or a question? I know, Jacob, you get involved with a lot of different situations uh, down south. Uh, do you have any comments on 
on um, using cover crops in the context of tillage or any questions? Uh, hey, Steve. You know, not not terribly. I know that a lot of folks have, you know, I've seen some folks use a lot, utilize it in, you know, like you said, a full tillage situation and turn it under. But um, it's pretty intriguing, um, you know, what you're describing here. So I'm, I'm just all ears right now. Okay. Awesome. Anybody else? I see Brent is on. Is on. Um, do you have any comments, uh, Brent, on this? Any observations on using cover crops with tillage? I've got to ask you too, Jen, Jen if you're on no, deck. So go ahead, Brent. Nope, I don't have any questions. Okay, awesome. Uh, Jen, you have anything to, uh, to add? No, not here. Okay. Well, I know some Thank of you, you. Are, are pretty much, uh, what, what should I say, diehard no-tillers. Uh, but uh, as I stated early on, uh, there's, there certainly is a time and a place for getting living roots and, and getting that biology into the soil. And I guess uh, for me, coming from my my experience and being able to travel and, and seeing the world, it's it's just something that is is maybe one of the biggest frontiers yet we have. I'll be going to France in uh, September, and one of my meetings there is with um, one of my meetings there is with a large, a very large scale vegetable company. Uh, similar to what I saw in Australia, to to help them maybe give them some ideas on on what to how to incorporate and use cover crops in a vegetable uh, situation. Um, I, I I do know that there's uh, quite a bit of organic growers that do use cover crops that may tend to uh, use more full scale tillage and so forth. Um, I didn't have a lot of pictures or much to say about that. Uh, other than I know that that's 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 certainly been a um, you know it's been one of those uh, hallmarks the organic community where they they're 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 involved with cover crops but then they tend to use uh, quite a bit of tillage as well so 